Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Who the hell am I? I'm a construction worker. I have to go to the bathroom. I said, be right back. I'm a cop, you idiot. Pasta. Oh, I'm Detective John Kimball. Who is your daddy? Answer the question. And what does he do? Put that cookie down now. Mm-mm. We are... God, we're so in it. We are we're flying through. Actually, we're not really flying through. We're getting no. we're getting we're getting deep into it now. We're in we're in the real shit. We've been we've been we've been ankles deep in the in the real shit for a while now. And yeah, now we're getting up to our really up, up, up to our up to our thighs, Dave. Mm-hmm. Up to our powerful Austrian thighs. <laughs> Welcome everybody. Hello! To a brand new episode of Into the Mr. Universe. This is our Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, folks. Ooh, 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 so tasty. It's probably the only Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Yeah, I'm not going to look that not? up. There's no need. I'm confident. This is, yeah. That's the secret. I've been reading the secret, Dave. Have you? Mm-hmm. Is that the David Duchovny? Wasn't David Duchovny in it's probably, something called The Secret? It's probably in it, yeah. I think that's a different probably secret. Probably had a hand in but, writing it. Mm-hmm. This is a big old thank you to Norm from Cheers. Thank you so much. Our Patreon, our podcast producer, who very wisely had us do an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. Of course. We have, we have done the Terminators, the, the two of them at both, least. Uh, yeah, There'll well, be more. for all intents and purposes, both Terminators. Yeah, we've done the main Terminators. Yes. Um, we've done our kindergarten cops, and now we're Man, on we 1993. Did, didn't we? Yeah, 1993 Last Action Hero. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, we're going to talk about the plot. Then we're going to talk about Arnold as an actor. Then we're going to talk about side characters. We're going to find the best Arnold moment. And we're going to rate it with um, eyeballs. Most eyeballs. How many eyeballs? Yeah, how many exploding eyeballs? Yeah. Um, this movie reeks of Shane Black. and um, It does. Although I don't think he's, yeah. the, he's not the only writer. That's I don't. Interesting. I don't think. I don't know. I it definitely. I don't. I, I have no idea. I just show it. All right. I'm hold on. Hold on. Hold it's, on. It's, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask Google. Yep. It's John McTiernan as well. It sure is. It's cl- it's classic Arnold in the sense that it doesn't feel like it fully belongs to him. It feels like it belongs to a lot of different voices, like his other ones. You know. Yeah. Uh, this was an era where we we're doing a little meta action. Um, we had Chuck Norris's sidekicks already. Um, you know, uh, we always did meta films, I guess. Um, that's well, not, interesting not to me. Not always, but we were starting to do it around this time. Well, Sidekicks came out after this, right? Sidekicks was 94. No, I think Sidekicks was before it. Sidekicks, I'm looking it up. 1992. 1992. Sidekicks oh, is damn. 1992. Okay. Yep. Oh, it came out That's in what I mean. Yeah. Oh, is, I think 
after kindergarten cop, I think we realized like, oh, tough guy with kids, you know, meta. Let's go meta Play, with it. Playing with Let's their fun playing with it. their image, yeah. But like yeah. getting specifically meta, like it did in Sidekicks and like it does in this movie, yeah, is uh, pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane Black is one of four credited writers on this film. Wow, including, including Zach Penn, who would write a lot of comic book movies in the aughts. Right, so it might not be fair to say, but it's true. This reeks of Shane Black. To it me. does. I'm sure he did. Yeah. A, you can tell the parts that are. I mean, yeah. there are parts that stink of Shane Black. Yeah, yeah. Christmas for one, um, and uh, yeah, we don't have to go through the plot. It's a meta action film. I do want to talk about like wh- what it all means. Also, just got a shout out to the Culver hotel because this is the first time i watched this when i'm like oh that elementary school is clearly the culver hotel <laughs> that is clearly culver city uh, that is right what for people who don't know that is the center of culver city in los angeles right next to the mgm building the mgm studios which i yes. think is now sony yes um but it's one of the most classic areas it's where like wizard of oz um was filmed in that studio so it's like it's been around for so long it's real old hollywood and that hotel is almost across the street from Flynn's Arcade, from Tron. It's also one of the bank areas of the banks with um, Point Break. Basically, it's like you've seen it so many times, that area in movies. And it happens to be where me and Tom saw movies a lot. Where we lived, um, we lived like where we blocks lived away down from the blocks that. from yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So we know that area well. So it was just funny to see. Yeah, it, it, was, it was funny to see it. I had. Something that's clearly not an elementary school. Yeah, which I think is part of the joke, yeah, right? You've, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of this meta commentary throughout about action. Um, there's also meta commentary about, like, the state of cinema. Like, he goes to school and the teacher's like, you know, you won't recognize Lawrence Olivier. You, you'll know him from the, the Polaroid, Polaroid commercial. Polaroid. Yeah. Yeah. The Hamlet fantasy, how he's like, his mind is rotting with action. The low cineplex the fact that the theater he goes to is getting torn down. Lord knows how they're going to stick a low cineplex in there, but um, they must have bought up that whole chunk of whatever street in New York that is. It's right. Whew, that's a rough area, man. <laughs> it's this. Yeah. It's like, the, it's kind of like they're talking about this, this time where like the old is going away and the new is coming and the new might be safer, but it's like, it's lacking a charm is I feel like what they're talking about. Part this movie takes place in two places, LA fantasy and New York Real reality. World. It's, I think a part of it is, it's, you know, the cheesy trope version of it is believing in, in it again, like believing in heroes again. And, uh, that's part of it where it's like, like the magic of, 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 of the movies is sort of being like the creativity and like, the, the it's this uh, you know uh, that's I think that's part of it for sure because it's like the fourth Slater movie and it's he's like yeah. joking about how like his life is miserable on the inside of the movie. That's the that's <laughs> the wild thing. So this movie does action and it's over the top action that I would argue some of it is just proper action. Of course, the Leo yeah. the fart scene, it's the awesome. funeral where he's trying, yeah, where he's trying to act innocent while doing trying to defuse uh, the oh bomb. My God, yeah. And Look, then the an theme of like, yeah, he has to get this body off the roof and then he, he gets on a crane and then there's a helicopter. Then he's hanging. Uh, he's He gets attacked in the elevator. Then he's hanging off the body. And it's like, yeah, it's silly, but this is just action. It's cool. Like, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. 
It's like Jackie and, Chan shit where it's like, it's silly, but it's like, this is a death defying stunt that is being done. Right. And then there's this weird element of like, his life is hell, this existential hell of like, where he's like, I, I keep thinking I'm going to die and I'm not dying. And then he meets, when he leaves the real world and he realizes that his life is a sham, he has to face that. And then the part where he's like, kind of like, I feel like he wants to fuck his mom, where he like sits and has this like a nice conversation with him. And it's like, I've never talked to just like a woman before. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, they're, it's there, yeah, they're building towards this idea where you almost feel like he's going to stay in the real world. Um, and it just like the movie escalates in such a ways where it's like, you don't, you don't, I, I never thought it was going to escalate this way. You know, like kid is stuck in a movie that alone is just its own film. Right. And then the movie like actually goes into these like deep chasms of thought with this idea. There's a lot of existentialism here because it's like, what does it mean to be this fictional character? What does it mean to be the person portraying the fictional character? What does it mean to be the person who is the fan who is watching right. or reading about this fictional character? What is that relationship? What, you know, it's. It's not the first of its kind. And in no. fact, reminds me of a holodeck episode of Star Trek where they bring back Professor Moriarty and give him sentience. And the question is like, are you going to be evil again? And he's like, well, I was written to be evil. That doesn't mean I'm evil. You know, like there's this whole question of like, like there's a part where the Charles Dance in this mentions that he's going to bring back Hitler from a movie. And I was like, what is that like? Yeah, it's going to be like the, the fictional version of Hitler. So right, because it's going to be gonna like, yeah. they're going to be like, listen, you're fictional Hitler. And he's like, oh, okay, so I'm fictional like Dracula. And he's like, well, not like Dracula. <laughs> like you're actually a person yeah. who existed. But you're Hitler. Also, it's very funny to say I'm going to bring back Hitler because I would argue it's not like Hitler has powers. <laughs> like right. He kind of he kind of needed like an army and stuff. Yeah, like exactly. he, he needed like, like a lot of political force behind him. <laughs> he's going to realize that Hitler's not that useful. <laughs> right. You should. You're better off sticking to like King Kong or like bad yeah. guys that have like powers. Right. Like, Hitler is just an idea, man, and uh, you know, like. It's not very good ideas. No, it's like, just like he, yeah, he doesn't no, have. Be he's be not the Wolfenstein Hitler. He doesn't have a mecha suit. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. No, he'd be better. He'd be better off going and getting like Bane or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hitler's just yeah. And then again, not a good pick. It's not a confusing. good pick. Not a good pick. Not for, a good for pick. his dream team of villains. He'll also be like, I'm a real fictional character, but I don't quite look like because I'm being played by an actor. Like, so I'm not this right it's just some poor character. actor but like his clone running around as yeah. hitler in this world that'd be a nightmare yeah. the actor's like come on man yeah they they deal with that they have um fucking the meta idea where they have tom noonan in this playing himself and playing the ripper and playing the ripper um, they have arnold as himself and as yeah slater i want to see charles dance in this too but yeah, that he never shows up. Yeah, no, he doesn't yeah, show up. It would have been easy to get him. He's right there yeah. on your set. Just throw him in that scene. Instead, they're like, we need Chevy. It's like, do you need Chevy? We did get Chevy uh, in there. Well, they got we'll Hammer talk, in there, too. We'll t yeah, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But, like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have much more to say about the actual plot if people haven't seen it. I mean, go see it. Small Beans did one on this movie, too, yeah. because it's a multiverse. It's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's it's the idea of like, what if... Um, Fictional characters could exist in the real world with you. What if you could meet 
Yeah. John McClane, basically. All these meta things. There's a great where he's like goes to the video store. Basically, just Arnold just tries to fuck everyone in the store. He's like, you know, why are all the phone numbers 555? At one point, he writes a word down. I assume the word jizz. And he's like, you can't say jizz, can you? Because it's a PG-13 movie. Can you say jizz in a PG-13? I guess so. Hot jizz, maybe. Yeah. Boiling jizz. I don't know. Hellcock. That's probably what he wrote. Hellcock. Hellcock, yeah. You can't say Hellcock. Um, Rhino It's fuck. last action hero, Rhino baby. Fuck. That's what it was. Rhino fuck. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's last action it's, hero. It's, oh, I wanted to... You mentioned the video store. The The clerk at the video store is Angie Everhart. That's the vampire from Bordello of Blood. No shit. Yep. That's really funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's last action hero. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you haven't seen it. Watch it. It's fun. It's an interesting movie because it... Again, it asks a lot of questions and doesn't have that many answers. No. And you could even argue at the end that Jack Slater shouldn't be happy. He's to be not. Back it's, in his world. It's, I, I worry that we made it sound more like a more coherent piece of commentary than it is because it's not. It had like a lot of rewrites, it had a lot of different endings, which you can feel. There are some ideas that are definitely woven into the DNA of the movie, like all the stuff that we talked about, like the existentialism and things like that. But it really doesn't ever bring any of those ideas to a satisfying place. It just sort of throws them out there and then becomes a a Hollywood blockbuster with just a weird feel-good ending that is... Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I don't care. I, underst- like, so. I understand that this movie could have criticisms, but I am just balls deep in nostalgia for this movie, right? Where it's like, I'm blinded by growing up just having watched this film a bunch, you know? That's totally... If that makes sense. Oh, of course it makes sense. And I admit yeah. to that, too. That's totally part of it. But also, I think it's just like a... It's just a, a fantasy movie. Um, and... It, yeah. I, I think I cut it more slack because I don't think it's meant to be taken as a specific like parable or as like a, a meditation on something. It's just, well, what if you could meet an action hero and wouldn't that right. be fun? And I think it's just, I, and it also throws a little bit of that good stuff in there because it was written by smart people. But um, ultimately it's just supposed to be a fun fantasy. So I don't, it's honestly, it yeah. Much. You could honestly compare it to like Marvel films that like the Spider-Man where it's like they're meta, but they don't really have anything to say. Right. Like this is kind of a hollow film. um, Yes. But it's just like it's so early in this exploration that it just feels so fresh because you're like, this is one of the first times we got this meta about action movies. Um, And it's, I think, very fun. And I grew up with it. You know, it's it's my nostalgia. It's my meta. So that all equals to like, yeah, I, I love this film. Is it perfect? Yeah, probably not. No, it's, but, it's not, but, but it's a great movie, I think. It's a, I, yeah. I, I, I genuinely I don't mean think that. it's trying to be, yeah, that's, that's, I guess what it is is like, why judge it this way yeah. as having to be a commentary? And the answer is actually because it, it starts it. You know, it's the one it puts floating the, these it, ideas. It puts the ideas in our head and it has, it yeah. does, it has good moments in it. It gives the movie a lot more emotional weight than you'd expect. Um, like uh, when, when yeah. Slater meets himself, when he meets Arnold, he says, I don't really like you. You've brought me nothing but pain. And that's it. And it's like a, there's no, yeah, it's a there's, funny beat, but it's also emotional. Is yeah. it a funny beat? Like I always found it funny. Oh, it, I never, it never played as funny to me. And then there's, cause there's no like punchline on that. Arnold, the character Arnold doesn't have a comeback. He's just sitting there like, no. cause that's a hell of a thing for somebody to say. And that's it. They don't, that's it. So it's yeah. like, well, you know that like Jack, 
ultimately at the end he's got to go back to his own world but he's still carrying around these these existential thoughts but i guess he just ultimately decides well i need to be in the movies because that's where i belong and that's what i understand and then i know danny will be out here watching me in the movies and that's kind of what allows me to exist in the world that i understand it's i don't know it it, it's, it does it's not anything, stick it's a more dread right yeah where i feel like he's like I, f- I feel like he's going to be so nihilistic after this. He'd be like, I can't die. I'm never going to die until the movies get bad, I guess. So, like, I'm never going to die until suddenly I do die. <laughs> like, or well, what is it like it the does... idea that it, oh, after ahead. they're done with him, maybe he'll just get old and retire and live a calm life. Maybe that's the idea, right? Maybe. It does seem What's like his is... life continues to go on in between movies. Yeah, what's funny is that in the world of legacy reboots, what's actually going to happen is he's going to have lots of years of calm, but it'll probably be really bad for him because for the re- legacy reboot, he has to, you know, you know how legacy reboots work. Leia you gotta and fucking, everything, yeah. Yeah, you got to reset everything. So like suddenly his life's going to go really wrong. And then, and of course there's this whole cracked observation of it all, which is like, what comes first? Do the writers... In all those years, like, how does time exist for him? I imagine the writers, when they write the legacy reboot, does then he live out all that time only once that's written? You know what I mean? Once it's written and filmed. How does this movie look? Like, how does this new Jack Slater look? Is there going to be scenes where, like, like, is what happens in the movie theater that, ha- like, the magic through, is everybody experiencing that movie? Is the movie going to end with him talking really weird and meta all of a sudden? Like, what? How does that change the actual film? You know? I don't know. It's magic, dude. It's fucking Houdini. It's magic. magic. It's literally Houdini magic. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Hell Great yeah. length. Hell yeah, we do. Um, yeah, but let's talk about definitely not Arnold. Um, or not definitely. Technically not Arnold. Technically not Arnold. Arnold the actor. I have something interesting to say about this. Sure. Maybe it's not interesting. I think it's interesting. Okay, let me have it. We're talking about, so Arnold is an actor. And like right. we said, this is a parody of a type of film Arnold has never actually done. That's, that's very interesting. That. Yeah. I, yeah. It's sort of that's like not in, the interesting thing I have to say, but yeah, that I, is I did. I did want to point that out because it reminded me of commando where commando was a spoof of a persona that he didn't have yet. Yeah. And this is a spoof of commando almost, which is its own parody. Right. We talked about this is that Arnold never really made mindless action films. No, he didn't. It's almost like he's parodying other action. Like the closest he gets. It's like he, it's overwhelmingly like the weird high concept stuff. He, every now and then he does like a red heat or a raw deal. Yeah. Here's what I think is really unique to this because most, for the most part, Arnold is just, that's the whole point he's playing an Arnold Schwarzenegger character you could argue this is the most same he has to be but so this is what I think is interesting is whenever Arnold's in a comedy kindergarten cop um, or even not like Red Heat anything where it's has a little bit of comedy he's always the straight man twins he's always the one who doesn't understand right and what they figured out here that was really fascinating is that when the boy is his name Danny, I want to say Danny, his yeah. Danny. When Danny's in the movie world, he's the fish out of water. And then when Arnold is in the real world, he becomes the straight man. But w- during the Jack Slater stuff, Arnold is the sarcastic, clever guy, and he never gets to be that. He's the guy who's like, 
making fun of the kid for being right. so weird. He's Danny DeVito in Twins in this one. He's, exactly. He is put upon by this kid. He doesn't like him. He thinks he's crazy. He has a sarcastic comeback for everything the kid says. You're right. He yeah. never gets to be that, but Jack Slater, the character, is like that, too. He's more like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Right, because that, that's who he's supposed to be. It's like... Right. Yeah. And what's funny is Schwarzenegger rarely actually got to be the funny guy. The, the, he rarely got to be the action quippy guy. He always was kind of serious, even when he had quips. He's never like, he's never the guy who really had to this like, point in the movies in his career. Rather. Yes, yeah. It's always even when it was he's the hero. He's still not the clever guy, uh, and so he gets to be the guy who has the punchlines in this more so than and then they play it straight when he leaves the he goes to the real world and it's that's actually closer to the arnold we know the one who just doesn't understand things i just think that's an interesting performance it is yeah and it his it's not played for well it is played for laughs Mm. I, i i think it's interesting that they do both with it when when with the fish out of water stuff we're like it's more it's more funny in in the fantasy world where Danny's the fish out of water because like even when he does yeah. even when he misreads a situation that puts him in danger it's still funny like when he realizes oh I don't have plot armor I'm the comic relief <laughs> like I can't yes. uh, I can't play chicken with this car but like in the real world there's a fair amount of comedy like with the I think the, I think your taxi's a bulletproof um, yeah and then like I've never talked to a woman before it's neat um, but there's also like really punishing stuff about the real like he gets shot and it's a he's it's he's dying uh he realizes yep. he's not real and he's like how do you feel if you just feel like your whole life's been a damn movie like yeah so I, I think it's interesting that they do both parts of it it's not just like the twins gag where it's like everything is is funny about how he doesn't understand it like the world no, he's offended and, by and his it's, existence and it's bewildering and it's cruel yeah, it's like Twilight Zone. He yeah. sees a billboard of himself and he's like, What's What happening? is this? Yeah. And then I love how they do Charles Dance as well, where he just realizes like like he feels un he seems unsafe at first. He's like, This is fucked up. Yeah. Like when he's just shocked by the amount of crime. Which is funny because you could also interpret it as just a British person coming to America. Right, yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. Charles Dance. <laughs> like, yeah. Out at just two like, AM <laughs> On the streets of in New York City shoes? in 1993, yeah. yeah. His shoes. Yeah. But, um, and uh, yeah, that's what's interesting is also in the movie world, Schwarzenegger is still kind of the fool. Everybody is, you know, like, but he is the sarcastic, where it's like, we know better. We know Danny is actually the one who knows more right. than the people here. But he's so incoherent in trying to explain it. Um, well, and like it's an impossible, it's an impossible thing to explain. You would never believe right. it. You'd never believe it. But then, yeah. Arnold gets this very interesting role, which is he has to have an existential crisis mm-hmm. that like most actors don't have to like face the idea that he's a, 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 a fantasy um, or, and that his dead child was a fantasy. Yeah. Of a that the move, the move, the fact that the movie went that hard on that. Yeah. Is him saying I'm gonna buy it soon, like about how he thinks he's just he gonna die. He feels like he's soon. gonna die soon and his apartment is there's nothing in it. Even though there's yeah. a, there there are a couple of really big jokes in that scene. It's a real depressing scene. Yeah. Yeah, well the reveal also that he pays a drugstore cashier to pretend to be his ex wife. Yeah. That fascinates me because it probably wasn't written into the mo- the Jack Slater movie. Um, and it's weird to pay a drugstore cashier to call so you can ignore the call. Like, can't he just pretend 
someone's call like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a weird strategy. That's all. He's he's it paying is, a drug yeah. store cashier to pretend to be his ex wife so a, that he can then ignore do this bit where he puts a pre recorded. It's a bit like the planes, trains, and automobiles ending. It's a bit like oh well, that yeah. reveal sort of came out of nowhere just to be like a tragedy, yeah, <laughs> gut punch for us. But and he but lives yeah. like a maniac in his uh, apartment with no furniture. I like that idea though because it implies like. Also, it's like the Matrix where it's like they don't really have to spend much time writing his apartment. So there's just not much there. Like, I like that idea that's like there's not much detail in parts of his world because the writers didn't put any detail in those parts, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a little like free guy, a little Truman show. Like, yeah. And the way things are shot and lit, too, in the real world. I mean, in the real world versus the fantasy LA. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but I yeah. think he's. I think this is honestly one of his better performances. Oh yeah, because he's doing such an amazing fucking. He's really journey. funny in it. Like he has some of his best dialogue in this movie. Like all of his. There's something else I wanted to point out is in the stuff that he's done before this, where he's gotten jokes. Like it's usually like physical stuff, or it's like one-liners. Yeah. Like this is again. Like, it's he's doing like it's like a role that like Christian Slater would do. Right, yeah, like it's, it's like a it's, it's like a comedy script where it's like he's yeah. saying these things like now the only reason I'm not roaring with laughter is like he normally, yeah, exactly. Arnold normally doesn't play characters who speak like that. Like, yeah, and I he's think playing I a heard full he, blown Shane Black character. He loved this script apparently, and I this is probably why right where he's like. How could you not love that? It's a great script and it's, it's also, it's all about him. So that's great. He's, (laughs) he sought out scripts. I think that specifically things he hadn't done before too. And it's like, yeah, he hadn't done this. Yeah. This Um, is a wild idea, but yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a surprising amount to it. He's playing himself playing a character. Only the character is real. Uh, and then he also gets to play himself, and he plays himself like a total magoo, like just a total yeah. boob, which is fun. And I really, I really am glad he did it that way because oh, yeah. you know, like Steven Seagal wouldn't do it that no, way. No, Steven Seagal like, would never yeah. make himself appear foolish. Yeah, and it's it's really nice. It's really I appreciate that. And then, uh, I, yeah. Um, also, I noticed that what all right, one way he's really acting, and one way he's not, are really unlike himself. He's his character is way more flexible. <laughs> in this than most movies he's like mystique in this like when he oh when he yeah goes yeah when he does like the handstands the flip, and stuff. Yeah, yeah and it's just like i don't believe that um in a way he's very much like schwarzenegger i uh, hear the driving every every story i've heard about schwarzenegger on the pch basically like how jack oh, it's a maniac drives. it's one of my yeah. favorite gags in the movie is the, yeah, is the scene of exposition where they're driving to the the hyatt the leo the fart scene and they're they're figuring out that it's like nerve gas in the body. So there's this exposition where it's just him talking with Danny, but as he's driving, you're seeing all these cars having to swerve around him. Yeah. And he like goes straight through the fucking water at one point. Yeah, he does. He drives like a maniac. <laughs> I like, they did, they did the thing. And that's why it's really funny is like, you can almost see Jack Slater as a real character in an action. Cause like, I like that he's a dick to cops, criminals, but not civilians and kids. Like he's very specifically, he doesn't respect, other cops 
he doesn't really respect property of like rich people property no. um, and criminals. But the moment there's a kid, he's nice to the kid. The moment there's a civilian, he's nice to the civilian. Um, and I think that's a that's a nice little detail where they they thought about Jack Slater the character, and I appreciate that um, that he's you know yeah yeah he's kind of fleshed out. Um, he's every yeah. he's every Shane Black trope pretty much. He really is. Except he's not Should an alcoholic. About, right. He will be though after this. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they were just like, "That's ah, too dark." Yeah. Um, should we talk about the best side characters? Definitely not Arnold. Definitely not Arnold. Yeah. Best side characters and last action hero. Obviously, Danny yeah. the kid. Yeah, he's sort of the main character. Yeah. You could argue he he was stabbed in his apartment, and this is all a death fantasy. Yes, yeah, he's um, but also slowly sh- out on the tiles. Shout out to the dirtbag who robs him and then just gets sad that, that he doesn't like, have he's, enough. He's not stuff. sad. He's pissed. Like he's mad at yeah. the kid for being poor. It's so funny. What a dirtbag. Go fish, amigo. Throws the yeah. key in this toilet. The one that the the one that stands out to me though is Houdini himself. Because oh man, what a goblin. Houdini. Yeah, so Houdini had a magic ticket, which means that magic existed, which means that Houdini must have been a sorcerer of some kind. And that means a few things. One, that he was a sorcerer, and he used that sorcery to do a bunch of shitty magic tricks that, like, anybody can do, like escape a straitjacket. Like, that's really funny to me, that that's apparently in this world, Houdini is a sorcerer. And he used that power to just do, like, some mid-magic Well, no, he's, listen, he said he got the ticket oh, from, right. from some mystical person in the Alps who themselves got it from somebody in, like, Nepal or something. Or no, wait, okay. he said from India, and then somebody else so got what, it from Nepal. So I what that means is he's a grifter who got one actual piece of magic and was too scared to use it because it was never right. torn. Because what that means is that he got this um, magic item that he doesn't know, and he just... Pawned it off to some child. Right, he gave it to the kid because he want, he knew the kid. He expected the kid to use it so he could see, like, he was probably hiding outside the building all night waiting for this right. kid to use the ticket, see if it would work. Yeah, it's just really weird. And, and then, then, of instead, course, Nick just saves it for 80 years or however old Nick is supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. And that brings us to Nick, the, the dirt theater projectionist who has a, I don't know what haunting past he has. Um, hanging out with this child, He's a true dressing up in his little usher uniform. Yeah. What a little, yeah. What a uh, never using his magic. Contributing ticket. to this kid's truancy, like he's like, if you hurry up, if you run to school now, you'll only be four hours late. It's like, geez, could you yeah. be a better like role model for this? Kid? I feel like he is minutes away from blowing himself up because of the new theater. Company. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Like he's, he's, I, he's I screening the new print. Like he's like, I've got the new Jack Slater print. I got to check it. You want to come at midnight tonight and watch yeah. it? I don't believe that he was given the new Jack Slater. Like, why would that theater have that? Like that theater is seconds away from being demolished. And they're like, yeah, we'll do one last big run it's like no you got that from a warehouse somewhere you broke in and got that he also rips that magic ticket in half like it's nothing after never using right. it even if it and wasn't magic that's still on a hundred odd year old ticket you got from harry houdini <laughs> that is yeah he could have been pawning that off at any second and yeah um and then i love when he learns it's real he just starts listening old actresses he probably jacked off and to fuck yeah yeah so he is he is a true maniac. He's one of those people where yeah, in in real life it's like this is all bad, right? He's hanging out with this kid. He's 
you know, it's the it's the Hagrid of it all, where it's like if a if a dude that looks like Hagrid grabs a kid and says you're a wizard, that kid's gonna end up come in a with trash me on bag. my motorcycle to a magical yeah. school. It's like yeah, that, yeah, several yeah, trash. They were bags. never seeing that. Yeah, we're never seeing that kid again. Yeah. So yeah, Nick is Nick. Uh, Nick has that energy maniac. all over him. Yeah. Um, I have written down the chief, if only because that role is truly exhausting to play. <laughs> If you ever have the subtitles on, it's fun. He's just saying it gibberish. So, yeah. <laughs> but he's just shouting uh, gibberish so quickly you can't understand what he's saying. Um, he's saying some fucked up stuff. At one is, point, he has wild. a video playing of a volcano in the background. And I was like, what's that all about? I don't know. It's like random nature. It's like the stuff that's on in the background of Clamp's office in Gremlins 2. Yeah. It's hard because a lot of these people were purposely written to be maniacs. But like Ch- Tom Noonan's character is also like, Aren't you? Shouldn't you be in a horror movie? Like, what a weird action villain! Like, well, Cobra. I, like, remember Cobra? Yeah, you're right. They they do exist, but like Charles Dance is obviously to the point that he's the main villain. He's more like the villain you expect in an action in an movie, action right? movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Charles Dance, of course, just being he's he great was, um, in this movie man what a great role for yeah Charles any I, I i this shouldn't take you any guesses who do you think they offered this role to first i don't know alan rickman oh of course of course yeah exactly of course he was he uh, there, apparently he joked that he was cheaper than alan rickman um yeah i love when the kid um when he has that pop-out knife he's so excited about it like yeah. it's the first time he ever used it the grenade um, and knife then, you mean yeah, no, no, no. He has a pop. Oh, Charles knife Dance. Sleeve. Charles yeah. Dance. Yeah, he loves his gadgets. He does. And I love yeah. that when he realizes he's in the Matrix, he's just so into it. He's uh, he he's he's perfect. The other the other moment that I, I flagged is when he goes and does like a big action scene, and it's when he first realizes the ticket works. He just goes home and like takes out his eye and turns on TV, and he's just like, yep done doing villain stuff for the day like he's just off duty yeah like it's it's i love that yeah he's clocked out for the day yeah i have some more yeah for Um, sure there's there's a lot of characters uh the cat whiskers cartoon cat cartoon cat whiskers voiced by danny devito who sexually harasses every woman he speaks to yeah the detective rabbi t1000 what's he doing in this movie what's he up to i don't know it's apparently on the police force. Yeah. Whatever henchman printed out numbers for that bomb gag. Oh, to, I think they fucking kinkos. I think they bought those from a hardware store. I think those oh, you're are right. address numbers. You're right. They probably are. Um, the fucking monsters henchmen who are in that car with TNT and that like classic car henchmen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome henchmen. The, uh, the, um, Sub-Zero, his, uh, Charles Dance's bodyguard slash driver. Oh, I want to talk about him because he is thrust into the real world and never, he's such a good henchman that he doesn't ask any questions. He just goes, he never gets to experience any of it. Any of it. He runs out of the theater and they get into a taxi cab and he immediately is killed in a head on collision. He has no idea. He, where, what afterlife do you suppose he went to? Hell. Yeah, they all go like, to hell. Everyone, but knows. much like <laughs> Ian McKellen later, who's like, "You're not on any of my lists." That's what I mean. Is he? I don't know if he went to hell. I don't know if he has a soul. I don't know where that guy went because, like, he went to hell, and then the devil must have been like, "You're not. You don't belong here." I don't know what you are. 
I you're not a human. Like, what are you? Um, and he's got to be so fucking confused. Assuming there's an afterlife, um, yeah, it's just so go? many questions. Yeah, where would he go? Ian McKellen is another baffling one because he's a character death, but he seems to have the knowledge. But and he powers also of death. is death. Yeah, so that's a terrifying reality we have to deal with there. Um, shout out to the henchman who finds two two thousand dollars in Slater's house and immediately <laughs> right, he immediately in his starts pocket. sticking it in his mouth. Hey, boss, he's not kidding. There's got to be two thousand bucks in here. <laughs> shout out to Skeezy who uh, is, skeezy. comes over a kiss and has to see ten people get murdered. He does. He's put uh, through a lot. Yeah, Leo the fart who has the best funeral anybody could have. Pretty solid funeral. Um, Agent practice. Yep. I don't know. He has one of my favorite lines. My favorite lines. It's such a weirdly subtle or subtly odd line where he points the the gun at him. He goes, it's doubtful, kid. Real doubtful as he grabs the gun. It's just a great line. Oh, it's F. Murray Abraham. He's going to fucking murder every line he's given. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched Star Trek Insurrection. He's also in that. He sure is. It's one of those actors where I'm like, yeah, you just took any role, didn't you? After a while, yeah. Um, Little Richard, who just loves action movies, apparently. Yep. Van Damme. <laughs> yep. Chevy Chase, who's going to hold that grudge against Arnold for knocking him over. Going to be a real prick about Chevy that. Chase. Yeah, and, and that's, just, that's just Chevy. That was not a, a joke. That was not in the script. No, that's uh, just Chevy. It wasn't even him doing something to be funny. That's just him saying an actual grievance. Yeah. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor, being a plug in his restaurant, being a little prick, getting yelled at by his wife. Now, don't yeah. plug the restaurant; it sounds so tacky. And he does the first thing he, he does, does it anyway. <laughs> and he's and like, then he's "What? Gonna, what did I do? I saw an he opportunity." Me- <laughs> he meets a perfect looker like who apparently he's caused nothing but pain. He's gonna have to wonder about that. I assume he's he's probably. It's like if like you know, it's like when someone looks like the president of the United States. It's like great. You just fucked my life up. You know, I assume it's that where it's like he must assume this lookalike never asked to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger lookalike and then was just like, ah, I guess I this is my career now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you have to be. I don't really know how common that is. I don't know. I also I got to circle back to death because it's not just that death is death. It's also that he then just like helps. (laughs) He just goes to see Slater and he was just like, I was just curious. And then he's just like, Danny, what? You should find the other half of that ticket and then leaves. And it was like, th- thanks, death. Thanks, death. Yeah. What a weird well, I guess death is just kind of like death is true neutral, right? In terms of D&D. So yeah. I guess that makes sense. Death is just all about balance. Yeah, I just love that he's like apparently death himself, and he's also like, what is happening? I have to figure this out. But he's out. also Ian McKellen. <laughs> and he's also Ian McKellen, yes. With all the powers of death. Death is, I think, the most confusing character in this movie. He really in breaks of, the film, yeah. Yeah, he, he poses so many questions. Um, and then he himself is very odd. And so, like, I just don't know what to do with that. Uh, I have nothing else for side characters. I think we covered them. I mean, I like Rick Ducumman as Tom Noonan's agent. Oh, yeah. He's great. <laughs> I assume he gets murdered by Probably Tom Probably because Noonan. Ripper is wearing his uh, uh, coat in the, ne- the next yep. time we see him. 
The last thing he's ever going to think is Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan's is murdering me with an axe. What? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to Tom Noonan? Like, what? he's probably so going to Ripper, jail. He's, yeah, he's probably <laughs> going to jail. He's going to have to explain, like, no, there's another me. Tom Noonan and Schwarzenegger, specifically Tom Noonan, though, going to be so fucking confused when the dust settles. There's yeah. going to be a lot of. I mean, yeah. there is a there is a dead Tom Noonan doppelganger on the roof of the theater. He gets electrocuted, and it's just like yeah. there. He's just laying there, and unless, someone's unless find like him. the magic ticket, like I know, I don't know. Never mind. I don't know. I was wondering about that theater too. The dynamite exploded in that theater, but it didn't. Right, it's and the, it like apparently la- launched him into the movie screen. Like, there's a couple of moments. Like, that's the worst moment of the movie, right yeah. there. There are a couple of moments where it's clear they they could not figure out how to get what they, they yeah. wanted to get. Like, the they could not figure out how to get Danny through the movie screen so they had dynamite land in the theater and apparently blow him up and launch him into the screen <laughs> right it's a very weird thing to yeah, do yeah there's some weird fucking shit in this movie as much as yeah. i love it and then like death how did death realize he was in a movie like th- none of the other characters have i that. guess as soon as well because does that does that also mean that death is real right because is 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 the magic giving him the powers that death the actual figure entity has in the in the That's natural what's world wild. or is it giving it is the magic giving him the powers that death is supposed to have in our in this fictional version of him in the seventh right. seal because the it breaks its own rules because jack slater for example he doesn't have the same powers as jack slater when he's in the real world he's very mortal so you'd think death when he came into the real world would just be a guy who thought he was death, but didn't have his powers. Well, no, because I think it would just transfer who you are, right? Because Jack is a police detective in the fantasy world, so he's just going to be a police detective in the real world. But in the right, seventh sale, death is an immortal entity, timeless entity. Right. So he's just so going to be that. But Jack Slater has plot armor that you could say is a superpower. I guess it's not. It's a trope. So, like, yeah, like, if Dracula came into the real world, he'd have Dracula powers that was written for him. Presumably. I mean, that's what Charles Dance is baking on when he's talking about popping in to get him. Yeah, because death is death. So that's the question of, does the ticket create the concept of death? Because what if death isn't an entity in our real world, but since it was written and it comes out of the movie, he has all the same powers as death. Meaning that if you did that to a movie about God... To Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Now Jim Carrey is God. Or, well, or, no way, or Morgan Freeman. Morgan is. Freeman. Then he would be God. And which means that ticket is more powerful than God. That's, yes. That's the most powerful thing that's ever existed in a movie is that ticket. Because it basically has the power to conjure anything else that yeah. exists. No, you're right. Yeah, you could bring Jesus Christ from mm-hmm. a movie, sure, and he would be or Jesus Christ, T Rex, or T Rex, or both. Yeah, or T Rex, Jesus Christ. There's a movie, Christ Rex. Happens. Yeah, yeah, G Rex. Uh, let's talk about the most Arnold. The most Arnold moment, man. I wrote this down. I didn't think about it much. I think it's literally playing Arnold, <laughs> right? That's the most Arnold thing you can do is literally play Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
That's true, yeah. And this is because yeah. it's tough because the movie is about Plucky Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So he does a lot of shit that is intentionally over the top and ridiculous and absurd. Yeah. Um, that doesn't carry the same weight as it would in like a raw deal. Like him driving the monster about, truck through the, the front of the store. Yeah, if we want to talk about lines, honestly, I, look, I don't like you. You, I, I don't really like you. All right, you brought me nothing but pain has always been a line that stayed with me. Um, so for uh, me, this is the most Arnold moment. That maybe the scene where he confronts Benedict because that's a fun back and forth. Oh, yeah. The drug dealer of the house. Uh, we're hunting yeah. drug dealers. Are there any at home? That's pretty great. How are you going to snap your fingers when I rip off both your thumbs? Yeah. What's, I never really thought about that, too. I just thought, ah, hell yeah, that's funny. That's a badass thing to say. I never really thought about it until this time. Like, what a fucked up thing that is to say to somebody. Oh, Can you yeah. imagine if you're in a conversation with somebody and he, as he's like, uh, somebody the size of Arnold, and as he's lighting a cigar, he says casually, by the way, how are you going to snap your fingers when I rip your thumbs off? It's I'm fucked so, up. I'm sorry? Um, yeah. That seems pretty hard. I, he's I, at his home. Like, like he's, you know, he's trespassing too. Yeah. It's fucking weird. He knocked on his door. Um, yeah. But the, sh- the scene right before that when they're in the car might actually get my vote, I think. Be- That's well, maybe, good. Maybe. Because, like you said, the I don't really like you, you brought me nothing but pain has always stuck out in your mind. One that always sticks out in my mind when, is when Danny points the house out and Arnold goes into that rant. Where he's oh, like, yeah. you've just revolutionized police work. When all I had to do was drive around and point at the house and say, the bad guys are in there? Yeah. That's a incredible, great sequence. Incredible yeah. line. <laughs> all right. I like that we have our own personal most Arnold's and not a definitive one, you know? Yeah, I'm he trying. He says, to... I'll be back, but it always it's like, mm. You bet I didn't. You... Bet you didn't know I'm going to say that. That's a pretty Arnold moment where he says, I am going to say that. Yeah, that's true. He talks like data. Yeah, he's great. Can't use contractions. Um, reminds me of the bit from Hercules in New York. These fine food for a few small coins. Oh, God, uh, yeah. <laughs> God, why would they make him say these things? Yeah. Man, no, I think I'm going to... St- hmm. All right, I'm changing this. Last time I'm going to change my answer because I think this perfectly encapsulates Arnold doing something extreme and insane that would get the vote in a, in a in an Arnold movie that's supposed to take place in the real world. And then also combining it with what we're talking about where it's kind of like, well, maybe it's more about the dialogue in this one since it is so meta. I think it's right. the scene where he picks up Charles Dance and throws him into Sub-Zero and they disappear through a fantasy wall. And that's he pretty great. is just thunderously confused. His brain just rebooted. And he's, he's just like, normally the wall breaks. Or no, he, what he, he turns to the kid and says, normally when I do that, it leaves a hole. Yeah. That's like he's so like good. he's confused and a little bit wounded because that is such a he good really line doesn't understand what, it. like it's reduced him to a child because yeah. it's magic he's seeing in front of him. his entire world is breaking around him but yeah that is a good moment. i think it's a great arnold moment it is because if he body pressed a man into another man and they crashed through the wall in a in a in a move in a regular arnold movie you and i would be talking about that for seven minutes oh yeah that would be the most arnold moment <laughs> yeah yeah, and then him recognizing that fact immediately after is like that should have been the most Arnold moment. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah, the wounded way he that finishes like, it leaves a hole. I love it. I love it so much. Poor little guy. Yep. Well, time to rate it. Yes. Exploding eyeballs. Our classic rating system between one and four exploding eyeballs. Mm-hmm. How many eyeballs would you give this movie? 
Man, I would give this movie eight exploding eyeballs. Me too. Enough to fill a tarantula. Yes, a tarantula, tarantula's worth of eyeballs, an exploding tarantula. Um, yeah, this movie's great. It, it's not without, like, you know, again, you can stand back from it and, and pick it apart, and but I, I don't... Find I some very obvious flaws, just, sure. But it's just trying to be fun, and it achieves that, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Especially and, if you grew up as a kid like Danny, like you and I both did. Yeah, like, exactly. I identified with him so much when I watched this movie. Not not for the situation he's in, but like being a latchkey kid that's addicted to VHS action movies. Hell yeah. Like I God. that was so much of my childhood was that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I don't know. It's a blast. Yeah, it's great. Come it's great. On. Go watch it, folks, if you haven't. Yeah, you creeps. Yeah. What the fuck? Um All right. Yeah, are we done? Gonna uh, say I, some stuff? I, oh, I, we gotta do some plugs. Sorry, I, I forgot how to end an episode. First, I gotta uh, thank you to Norm from Cheers, as always. Thank you. This has been a blast. Um, what's Oh, that's what I was gonna do. Last Action Hero. Last, uh, what's the next film we're covering after Last Action Hero? Probably Junior, I want to say. Hmm, Junior. God damn. Um, let's that's, see that's the next, I believe, chronological I, I think it's True Lies. Oh, Let no, you're see. right. True Lies was in summer of 94, and then Junior was yep. winter of 94. Yep. It's True Lies, then Junior, then T3, Battle Across Time, but we probably won't do T2-3D. Then Eraser, and it's all gravy. So we got True Lies, Junior, Eraser, Jingle All the Way, Batman and Robin, End of Days, The Sixth Day. Oof. Fuck, man. Man, the yep. end of the Collateral 90s was bad for Damage. Arnold. Yeah. Terminator 3. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> we got a lot. We got plenty ahead of us. Plenty ahead of yeah. us. Yeah. Are we so going to many... around the world in 80 days? <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> Fuck. I, I mean, I don't think movie. we need to co- cover every movie that he's like in. He, I think yeah. he, it has to be like an Arnold movie, right? Yeah, preferably. Cool. All, All right. right, Norm, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody. This is through our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y Unemployed. Uh, for $5 a month, you can listen to exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys. We watch movies every Friday night with our patrons as well. Uh, lots of good stuff. We have a Discord community. Great stuff. Check it out, please. Yeah, do that. Also, we have a store. Head over to GamefullyUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So check that out. And yeah, keep Arnold in your heart. Yeah. Let's like listen out for the, like for the, for the Arnold time stream, the Arnold multiverse, mm-hmm. of all the fabulous and, characters he's brought to us. And if you've got a magic ticket, eat it, then you're magic. Right. Then you can just walk in and out of movies at will. Yep, should have thought of that. Charles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chuck Dance. Immediately just eats it. Yeah. I've discovered the secret of the magic. <laughs> Cramming it. It's a red dragon style. Fist yeah. into his mouth. Yeah, just, just tears streaming down his face as he's uh, choking it, it down. I want it. Magic burns. It burns. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, bye. Bye. This is really a... Uh, 